Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Grilling JR with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. Jim, how are you, man? I'm good, sir. Good morning. Happy uh, as we record. Good morning to you. I'm glad you're feeling better. Absolutely. Glad to be oh. back. Excited to be here with you today, talking about something that, well, I felt like we had beat up from every possible angle. And then I realized, man, JR never talked about it. Of course, next week is the Montreal Screwjob 25th anniversary. We've already covered Bret Hart's 1997, and we at least got to this piece of business. But boy, things come to a head in a big way for Bret Hart in 1997. I thought he did some of his best work that year, Jim. The match with Stone Cold was tremendous. That whole, I'm a heel in America, but a baby face everywhere else. It's Canada versus USA. Really great stuff. Had some, some decent matches with a guy that we wrestling fans weren't super familiar with in the Patriot. And now behind the scenes, all this Shawn Michaels stuff has bubbled to the surface after an amazing SummerSlam event. The first pay-per-view that you guys had held in New Jersey in a long, long time, set all kinds of records. He's the champ for the fifth time. It feels like everything's going his way. And then Vince meets with him right before the very first raw in Madison square garden and gives him the news. I can't honor your contract. We were on a collision course from that point forward, were we not? Seemed like it, yeah. When you're you're counting on the money, and you're at that stage of your career, that was a uh, it was big money, obviously millions, right? And uh, yeah, it was. I thought we, I thought things had uh, leveled out, so to speak, and boy, was I wrong. What's a, what's a real shame is there's so much cool stuff happening, you know, for Brett here. He's got permission from WWE to be filming Wrestling with Shadows. It's unprecedented access behind the scenes of WWE years later. Of course, Vince would never agree to this, but he does here because, well, he's playing catch up ball to WCW and, um, it's pretty well documented that Brett was shocked when he was told that Sean was coming back after their hair pulling event and all the shenanigans in June and his first major role, is not going to be working with somebody else, but he's going to be the guest referee. For the SummerSlam match with the undertaker, as we head into SummerSlam, did you believe the plan for WrestleMania 14 was going to be Brett and Sean, the rematch from WrestleMania 12 that you maybe tried to do in 13 and it just didn't work out? Well, I, yeah, I was kind of hopeful. Yeah. I thought, uh, it'd be a good way to, you know, you, the thing about it is you always keep looking for great matches. Uh, it's hard to put Bret Hart in a scenario. Uh, that he can't have a great match. 
Uh, and you mentioned, uh, Del Wilkes, late Del Wilkes, Patriot, uh, you know, he was an unknown guy, but Brett saw something in him that Brett felt like would, they could pair up well, they had chemistry or they had similar styles. I think a lot of it was just the fact that Del Wilkes is willing to listen. Yeah. Let Brett call the match and, and, and move on. And Brett liked the guy and we all like Del was a likable fella. Yeah. South, South Carolina. He was a game cock. <laughs> And a good one, good player. Uh, so uh, I, I, I was hopeful that that was uh, we're on a road to recovery. But again, as I said moments ago, it was not to be. Yeah. Before we get there, of course, we've got uh, one of the biggest celebrations you could ever imagine: Canadian Stampede, which you and I have covered. Just an unbelievable main event, made really unbelievable, not just by the guys in the ring, but boy, the folks in the crowd. That crowd, one of the hottest, best of all time. And Brett had as much fun doing it as we did watching it. He had this to say in his book, I'd waited my entire life for this night, wrestling at the top of my game in a really hot angle in front of fans who had been there for me from the very beginning, I was home and this was real. I I, I love that Brett loves and cares and appreciates all of this so much. And it just, man, it just jumps off the page in his book. It's crazy to think that's July. Just a handful of months later, we're going to see the end of his WWF run. It would have been hard to predict in July that this is how it ended, wouldn't it? Yeah, sure. would, Conrad. It's, it's, I, I, like I said, I, I thought, well, I guess maybe I should say I was hopeful that we had the roughest waters had settled and we were in a smoother sailing area, but, uh, it's just the chemistry. I don't know. And I know Vince had a great respect for Brett as the whole story ended up, Brett came back and, you know, all that good stuff. But, uh, I, I, I just, it was just a, disheartening and boy, and you're, it was in my role. It got old, man. It got old as hell. Yeah. This is the controversy, the hurt feelings, the anger, the angst, the, and you know, wrestlers don't need a lot of reasons to be insecure and paranoid. Uh, it's, it's one of the most, uh, paranoid <laughs> suited business ever that I've ever seen. So I, I thought that, uh, I was hopeful, as I said, that this thing would move on and, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to lose a guy like Bret Hart. My God, that's like trading Mickey Mantle from the Yankees. Right. It just don't feel right. You don't, he needs to be a pinstripe, so to speak. Uh, uh speaking of Brett pronoun boy. <laughs> we, uh, we got to talk about San Antonio. That's where Sean is. Of course, his hometown, he's going to come back. The Patriots going to debut. We know eventually Brett and the Patriot are going to be paired together, but then in Halifax, Nova Scotia, man, it's one of the hottest angles of the year. There's a match going on with Hunter and the Patriot. Brett's going to come down and he gets into it with Vince at ringside and I'll be damned. It turns into a hockey fight. Yeah. Um, this might even be the beginning of Vince as a character when you think about it, but I think that it was quite frankly, how, you know, you're from the old school where wrestlers are, are going to treat the announcers with respect as much as we can, almost like a Gordon Soley. And then of course we know eventually that's going to change. So they're going to pull your own head out of your ass and set you on fire and break (laughs) cinder blocks over you and all kinds of shenanigans. But before that. Yeah. Before any of that silliness happened, man, a, a ringside fight with Vince McMahon and Brett were, were you in on that creative? Did you like that idea? Or is that maybe a little 
too much of a was, for you. That was the Brett and, and Vince. Uh, they worked it out, what they wanted to do. I wasn't real sure what we were going to do. As you know, I said this a zillion times because ad nauseum. I, I work better when I don't know all the information. Right. I work better when I'm surprised and spontaneous and it's real. JR likes to be real. And uh, see, I use the third person there, like a Deion Sanders now. He may be the next coach at Auburn. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I read that rumor. They're looking for one. So, yeah. Uh, you told me something before we started, started uh, recording. You know, they, they owe this Harson guy, coach they just fired, $15 million. That's right. One five million. Yes. And they have to pay him in 30 days. Well, I don't think so, it's that they have to pay him in 30 days. I think it's a matter of they've got three coaches they're paying right now. Cause you know, yeah. they, they just keep firing them just left and right. So I think, uh, Chizik, old cheese whiz, he got seven and a half million off him. Gus Malzahn got 21.45 and now Harson's got $15 million. So they're paying something crazy. Like, I don't know. I read the stat like $54,000 a day in buyouts. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you go nine and 21, but man, I, I can't imagine who, who I should say who wants to play at Auburn or coach at Auburn, but realistically, everybody gets you a seven year deal, work for two, get paid for five more. Just sit at home, fart into the couch cushion. Yeah. It's uh not good management. Hence they're getting a new athletic director. Yeah. They, they need new boosters. <laughs> they need a new board. They and, need a new yeah, everything. They're, they're in a tough spot because they have to compete against Alabama. Yeah. That's their big rival. And you know, this is not a good time to be anti-Alabama as long as Saban's alive. But anyway, back to wrestling. Anyway, indeed, boy, these, uh, Canadian main events are hot. Every time you guys are doing TV in 1997, they're on fire. Yeah. No different here. It's going to be Brett Owen and Davey taking on Taker, Steve and dude love fast forward the next week. And we're in Pittsburgh and boy, what a promo that Bret Hart cuts. He talks about if you were to give an America an enema, you'd put the hose right here. You're in the ring for him. Is this one of the best in-ring heel promos you remember doing at the time? This is fantastic stuff. Well, he connected right away with the audience and he had his shit together as always, you know, and, uh, but it was really strong. It was really, really strong, especially coming off the Halifax and the stampede and all that stuff. If there was, everybody knew the story. Everybody understood the story, whether you agreed or not, whether you're a Brett fan or not. And, uh, it was just, uh, Exciting time for me. I, I, it was good television and, uh, and Brett sure as hell carried his share of the water. Well, uh, later that night we see the Patriot beat Brett Hart. Uh, I guess it's kind of hard to call Brett selfish when this happens, oh, even okay. with Shawn Michaels interference, I bring all that up because of course we know at SummerSlam, uh, we're going to have Shawn Michaels as the referee and behind the scenes, Shawn and Brett have been in real deal backstage fights and the finish of that match has Sean spitting a big old loogie on Bret Hart or Brett spitting a big old loogie on Sean rather. And then here comes the big chair shot from hell on the undertaker. Accidentally, Sean allows Bret Hart to win his fifth championship. The idea was if Brett lost, he would never wrestle in America again, which I guess kind of guaranteed the finish. But man, the execution of this, you got three of your A players in there and they pulled yep. it off flawlessly. Very, very, very well. Yeah. It was a, piece, a good piece of business. No doubt about that. It was 
executed as it was laid out to be executed, to, to execute. Uh, that was the great thing about that through all the bullshit backstage and the, the office politics, which is just, somebody's going to think or should understand by now, if you're a fan, especially of this show for very long, the office, office politics in pro wrestling are just abysmal to be around. And we had a whole bunch of that at that point in time there in WWE. And uh, it was no fun. Always putting the fire out. He said this. Did you hear what he said? What are you guys going to do about that? You guys, you guys, what are you guys going to do about that? And, uh, but Brett had more of a, he, he had more support within the locker room than Sean did. Sean had a small, small following in that respect. However, uh, uh, it was just a, a matter of, can we just get past this shit? Can we just get past the, and I think a lot of it had to do with, with Vince. Uh, Vince was so close to Brett for a long, long time. And then Sean comes back and they, and Vince and Sean seemingly make amends and they take some of Vince's time. And I don't think Brett appreciated that or liked that because he, he thought he deserved preferential treatment. And I think he did, uh, his, his contributions were amazing. Uh, he, he's one of the most respected guys that I've ever worked with, speaking of Brett. So, uh, but it was just a, every day was another adventure, Conrad. Every day was another challenge. Well, let's, um, you know, let's remind everybody, this is pretty rare air that Brett's in creatively. Now he's the WWE champ for the fifth time. Only Hulk Hogan before him had done it, but now creatively, I could see where Brett would grow some frustration. On the heels of SummerSlam, it becomes clear we're going to start to lean into Shawn Michaels as being a heel. But really, effectively, Brett's been the number one heel in the promotion in this Canada versus U.S. deal. And I know that there's lots of funny haha that we have on wrestling podcasts about my spot, brother. Yeah. But realistically, being the top heel in a promotion is a pretty damn good spot. Being the number yeah. two heel in a promotion, not quite the same. Would you understand why Brett would be frustrated that he's really been a baby face for a long, long time. He's been the flag bearer uh, for this whole company for a long, long time. Sean had spent more time as a heel. And now once he really, he being Brett pronoun boy gets really hot as a heel, we're going to maybe cut his legs out from under him and make Sean a heel. Or do you think that's just sour grapes on Brett's part? I'm not so sure it's sour grapes. Uh, I don't think it is, uh, but I understand uh, the frustration of the, here's the thing, you know, this whole issue, in my opinion, that's all this is. Yes. Is JR's opinion could have been avoided if, uh, Vince and Sean had a, I don't know if they even have to have a retreat. To do it at television is not the place to do it, to do it uh, in an offsite scenario where the, they don't have the peer pressure of all their buddies, what they say, what they're going to do, are you okay? All that bullshit. It just stimulates and, and it, it allows this thing to fester. And, but that, I don't know that that meeting ever really, ha- I don't know. I don't think it ever happened. And which is amazing to me, cause that would have been the first thing that I would have done is Hey, we're going to meet the three of us are going to meet. We're going to get this shit settled. So we all can move on with a better life and be happy and less stress. And, uh, you know, 
but that didn't, that didn't occur. And I think it, it might've been as simplistic as that just to sit down and have, and talk it out. That's not done enough nowadays. Uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's got a little agenda. And I, that's the thing about this whole matter, the Brett matter. Brett did not deserve the treatment that he got. Yeah. You, you, you don't reward loyalty in this manner, in my opinion. It's easy to see how he's frustrated. I mean, DX gets hot right away and it becomes clear that, well, they're probably going to be the top heel stable, but boy, the heart foundation had been doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, and the house show run in the summer is really all on the backs of the heart foundation. The increase in the pay-per-view buys so far in the year, man, a lot of that is with Brett being on top. So by the time September rolls around and you're made aware that we're going to have to have that uncomfortable conversation with Brett and we're going to have to tell him we can't honor his contract. Are you second guessing the decision or at that point, because you're so well ingrained in the financials of the business, you know, we just got to cut something and it doesn't make sense to cut from the bottom of the card. So we start at the top. Yeah, that's pretty much the logic. You know, uh, I wasn't aware of the, uh, dire circumstances that the, that the uh, finances were as far as being able to, to pay the overhead and, and Brett was a big number. I'm assuming he was going to be the biggest number on the card as far as getting paid. And I think he deserved it. You know, if you are objective, I don't think you could disagree with that assessment. He, he did deserve it. And all those years, like I said, I, I really believe in the loyalty aspect, pro wrestling short on, uh, being loyal always has been i remember the first day i went into a locker room when i just started in the business everybody had their little thiefdom everybody had their little quadre of people that they uh they sided with and of course we were lucky that we had a very strong owner who uh didn't put up with the bullshit very often or let's put it this way he didn't put up cowboy didn't put up with the the bullshit for very long and so it was just a it's a, it was just a uncomfortable, it, there's never a comfortable day because you always wondered what was, what, what shoes going to drop next? Whose foot's going to come from whose foot's whose, whose shoes going to go up somebody's ass type thing. Cause you knew it was going to happen. It just, it's, it just was not over. And, uh, I, I felt bad. I felt bad for Brett, uh, quite frankly. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy to think about, you know, how quickly Brett sort of flip-flops after doing really well. I mean, his first pay-per-view title defense is against Dell Wilkes, the Patriot. And I know he's the new guy and wrestling fans like new, but it's not even in the main event. He's second from the top underneath Sean and the undertaker, which is kind of crazy. Cause when you think about the SummerSlam main event, undertaker's the champ, Sean's the referee. Brett beats the champ, becomes the new champ. And then he moves down the card and it's the guy who lost the belt and the referee in the main event. Yeah. I could see how Brett would be frustrated with that legitimately. Couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer that you close the show. If you have a title match and it's your primary title, it's your big title. Like in this situation, the WWE title for those for those guys, uh, you know, that's gotta go on last. And I think that issue was, was more, uh, oh, hell, I don't know, Connie. It was just more, uh, maybe the fact that 
Vince didn't have the confidence in Dale Wilkes, the Patriot that, that Brett did. And somebody talked Vince out of not closing with a championship match. And, uh, that was offensive to Brett. And I can understand that wholeheartedly. You got to protect your championship. No matter what we fought like hell to protect him on the Montreal screw job. Yeah, we did. So, you know, where do we change horses here? Same deal. So I'm, I'm, uh, just so many lack of common sense decisions were made and it didn't seem like the office of which I was a part of, uh, didn't do enough to resurrect this situation. Uh, and so then it just continued to like an open, like my open wound on my leg. Hey, by the way, I'm doing a today. I'm doing my first hyperbaric, uh, treatment on my, uh, my skin cancer wound on this, this, uh, shit. And, uh, hopefully it's going to help heal, help speed up the healing. Good. I mean, I'm, very, I'm very excited about, uh, getting started and seeing how it's going to work out. So that's a new deal for my cancer's treatment. And like I said before, and it's been great to get the feedback from the fans. I get a lot of texts or tweets rather, uh, on that, which I really, really appreciate it's when you're by yourself more often than not, as I am, and it's not a poor me deal. I don't need a GoFundMe. I'm okay. Uh, but it's just a matter of, uh, you know, getting ahead of the curve a little bit and trying some new things. Cause I don't like the news that this thing's going to be at least a year in healing. You know, it's, it's, it's painful to travel. It's painful to not have my foot elevated. And sometimes you're on a plane. You just, you can't facilitate what you need. It's just room. So I've been flying, uh, in the bulkhead of first class. Cause I got more room to stretch out a little bit and get, get the circulation going back on my leg. And the other thing, Conrad, that I've become a big proponent of is uh, compression socks. Yeah. You've told me about those big fan. Of, and I was uh, totally against it. I don't want that. You know, John Wayne here, I'll just put a stick in my mouth and bite it. I'll be okay to just pull this air out doc. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, a whole, I'm very hopeful that it's going to help me. So. And if not, it's just going to continue to heal on its own and take a little bit more time. So I see it. So I'm excited about the, how that might work out for me. And, uh, I'll keep you posted. Well, we're pulling for you, Jim. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited that you're, uh, trying something new, trying a new hold as you once said, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love the point you made a moment ago about, boy, we sure did fight like hell to protect the title at survivor series in Montreal, but here it's second to last, but you might've been on something when you said, maybe Vince didn't have a lot of faith and confidence in Dale Wilkes, because not only does Brett get the win here in September at the in your house show, but after the match, Brett gives the Patriot a pile driver breaks his American flag, chokes him with it, winds up decking Pat Patterson as well. And Meltzer would say, it's hard to figure out after having Patriot do a submission job why he was buried so badly in the post-match as well. It almost feels like he's sort of written off as a character, but the next night on raw, it's set up that it'll be Brett and Davey against Patriot invader in a flag match at the next pay-per-view. So I don't know necessarily that Vince didn't see value in Dale Wilkes, but he certainly didn't think that this was a main event angle or not as important or special. It's what they're going to close with even in October, once again, undertaker and Sean. So three months in a row, undertaker and Sean are hanging out in the main event and the world title is not 
going on last. All right. <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it's a head scratcher. Politics. You know, I, I, Sean was lobbying. Sean had Vince's ear, and he took over Vince's ear. And uh, I think Hunter had, you know, was a, was in a party to that. There's a small, like I said, a small group of, of guys that supported Sean. There was a large group of guys that supported Brett. And uh, passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey man, let me give you a little life hack just in time for Mother's Day and Father's Day. I'm talking about paintyourlife.com. That's the place where you can get a gift that mom or dad will never forget. Real quick, do you remember what you got mom or dad last year for Mother's Day or Father's Day? Well, here's how you give a gift that they'll never forget. You find something that's meaningful, something that's personal. Maybe we're talking about their mom or dad who's no longer here. Maybe it's about a long lost relative. Maybe it's about their favorite pet who's no longer with us. Maybe there was always this dream that mom and dad were going to vacation to some exotic tropical island, but they never quite made it there. Well, all of those dreams can become reality at paintyourlife.com. You simply upload those photos. You can even use a photo right out of your phone. They can even help you combine photos to create one unique memory. You'll pick the artist. You'll even pick the medium. Hey, do you want an oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal? You can even pick the frame. The whole process is less than five minutes to get started. You can get it in as little as two weeks, but along the way you work hand in hand to ensure that the artist is nailing it. They're getting exactly what you wanted and you're going to get that reaction you wanted from mom or dad. I'm telling you, this has been a home run for me. I've used it for my mom, for my dad, for my father-in-law, for my cousin, for my wife. It's great for any occasion, but with mother's day and father's day right around the corner, how do we show the people who gave us everything that we really care? I don't think you can beat a meaningful gift like this from paintyourlife.com. And if you're looking to give the best and most meaningful gift you've ever given, paintyourlife.com can hook you up and there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting. Your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. You can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. Now, to get this special offer, just text the word Ross to 87204. That's Ross to 87204. Text ROSS to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. But the title, the title needs to close the show in my opinion. I'm not on most school. I get that. I hear it all the time. Uh, but still, man, you just, I still shake my head at some of the things that we did. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Did you guys talk? Has any of this been, uh, resolved to any degree? 
is this and, and for the for the roster and this is what i heard as a, as a head of talent relations is this how we get traded right what do we have to do to prove our loyalty here because looking at using red as the example conrad uh what do we have to do what is what has he not done that has not been totally loyal and supportive of wwe and uh so if if, if Bret hart's not getting the respect quote unquote that he deserves then what's that mean to me because it always comes back to me right you know even though guys are pro brett still the bottom line is about them right so uh and it's not a good example it's not a good example it's like saying well you know and i use all these old dated sports references but it's like saying you know uh when lou gary got sick and his streak broke and all that stuff for the yankees way way back in the day uh what what and they fired him well that didn't happen because it wasn't the right thing to do the man was sick now brett wasn't sick but maybe emotionally he was sick of this bullshit so uh brett's gonna get to work terry funk for terry's retirement match at wrestlefest um obviously terry had so much respect within the office this is not a big ask, but his last big show in Europe, he being Brett pronoun boy is one night only. It's the England only pay-per-view. Once again, he's second from the top, but he's probably not nearly as upset about this one because his brother-in-law is in the main event. But once again, it's against Shawn Michaels and boy, it really is a, a black eye to me. I could see the business excuse. Bruce has tried to explain. We're setting up something to come back with a big return. This is the first time we've had a pay-per-view. Normally it's just been on cable TV over the, over yonder, but now, Hey man, they're going to pay for it. Let's shoot a hell of an angle and come back and pay it off in the spring. Of course we know that didn't happen. And instead Davy boy, after promising his dying sister that he was going to win the match for her, he loses and Shawn Michaels leaves with the European championship. I've read over the years that, uh, Sean Michaels said, Davy boy did his politicking in the back. He wouldn't say anything to your face. He'd say it behind your back, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. A guy like Sean saying that, especially in that day and time, but was <laughs> yeah. Brett coming to you and expressing frustration? Like what the hell, Jim, Would he, you... he, you could tell he was troubled. Yes. But did he ever come to me and whine and cry and bitch and moan? No, that's not his style. He, he, and we were close. We still are close. Uh, and that's why maybe when the show might not be as objective as some would prefer, but, but I don't give a shit. I'm just telling the truth and the truth will set you free. So, uh, you know, I, I, but he didn't, he never whined and cried about it. We discussed things, but there were discussions and not, uh, 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 poor me sessions. <laughs> Let's talk about bread on this show. We mentioned Shawn Michaels is going to beat the bulldog in the main event for the European title, but second from the top it's Brett and the undertaker. Now this is September 20th. I just want to add some context here. We're in the UK. Brett is a hero here. He's right. arguably the biggest star on the card. I know that everybody's pulling for the quote unquote hometown guy, the British bulldog. But Brett was so over in Europe. That's probably the reason that Vince went with him in the first place after Hogan. So I get, we got to put him in a feature spot. 
but it's a title match and he's with the undertaker and they get plenty of time, 28 minutes. And just two days later, when they're in Madison square garden and Vince is going to meet with him and tell him, I can't honor your contract. If he knows this conversation is going to happen in two days, why don't we just consider putting the belt on the undertaker here? The undertaker has been working your pay-per-view main events in September and October. And for that matter, August and September and October, Brett probably got along fabulously with the undertaker. Could, he did. Could the Montreal screw job have been averted? If we really want to come back in may, let's use that same logic. We sold the Davy boy, sell it to Brett. And get the doggone belt off of Brett by dropping it to the undertaker here, rather than tell our champ two days later, well, we can't pay you. That seems crazy to me. Yeah. It's illogical, not thought out. And, uh, Vince made a, he made a mistake there. Obviously I, I, we both are pointing that out. Uh, it was just unfortunate, man. It's just, we kept creating more problems just because we weren't taking care of our, our business. And, uh, it's almost as if, uh, you know, Sean had done such a great sales job. Hey, look, we let's don't misunderstand one thing. Sean Michaels is still, you know, if you look at all the great workers, he's always in that conversation, always in that conversation. So it's not a fact that, that Vince is pushing somebody that couldn't work. Right. Sean was arguably in some people's eyes, the best worker, uh, going at that point in time. And it's hard to make an argument totally against that. Right. But, uh, that's an interesting concept, Conrad, you know, just, and it would have been uh, interesting to, uh, for the European market taker certainly was deserving. And I can, I can assure you that if that was the, the play that was called that play, meaning, uh, the, uh, the taker would be, walk out of there as a champ, uh, Brett would have had no issues putting the putting undertaker over. They had great respect for each other. I'm sure they still do. So, uh, and I think Taker sometimes is very uncomfortable with how everything was flowing and everything, you know, how, how things were moving along. So, but it was just very, fr- so it affected everybody in yeah. some way or another. And that's not good. It was a negative effect on the locker room, this ongoing thing. And I know talents who come to me and there are a lot of them. They just got tired of it. They got tired of the whole, he said, she said. Vince likes him better, you know, whatever, but you're right about the deal. If Vince knew and you got, you can't tell me that Vince did not know. Right. Two days before he's made that decision. Right. Oh yeah. He knew he's probably just dreading it and he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to face it. That makes more sense to me. I think you're right. Yeah. I think Vince dreaded, uh, doing it. Yeah. And, uh, but he knew that he had to based on his financials. I guess my question is, did you know at that point, I mean, do you find out the day of I'm telling Brett today, or did you know a couple of days before at one night only? No, I didn't know before one night only. I didn't know that I I was not aware of our dire, uh, financial situations. Even though I don't know what the timeline was Connie, but you know, uh, a lot of us, including, uh, our pal Bruce got pay cuts. Yeah. That would have been before because that's when JJ left, right? JJ yeah. left after that. So, right. And then Bruce and I shared that job. Then Bruce moved more into creative because that's really his gift. And he did a, does a great job in that respect. Uh, and then I took over as talent, head of talent relations. 
Yeah. Bruce has told the story that, man, he loved the idea of moving up until he actually sat in that talent relations (laughs) seat and then realized very quickly. Nope. Not for me. Yeah. No. And he, and I I enjoyed working with Bruce in that role, but you could tell he, he loved creative, right? And he still does love creative and, and that's cool. But I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, you, I, I start talking about this damn thing and I get frustrated, Conrad. Yeah. I lose my train of thought because it's like, what the fuck are we thinking? Right. How could this continue to linger? I'm not a big on the lingering, man. I like to, if I got a problem, I want to face it head on. You're a bandaid kind of guy. Let's what pull, do you mean? Well, I mean, let's pull the bandaid off. You know, yeah. like there's two schools of thought, I guess, but the, the one I always hear is we got to just rip the bandaid off. You're the, let's just get it over with. Let's address that matter at hand yeah. and move on. Let's solve the problem. Sticking our let's head address the problem. is not a, a strategy. Right. Yeah. So listen, this is all going to come to a head just two days after one night only. And if you've never seen that show, go out of your way to watch it. Uh, Brett even mentions in his book, he thinks it's his last great match in the WWF. And that is, is, uh, enough reason to go out of your way to watch it. So it happens two days later, Madison square garden, big old show. This is the show where Steve Austin is going to go ahead and stun Vince McMahon. They're going to quote unquote, arrest stone cold. We see the debut of uh, cactus Jack as a character, just a loaded show, a really, right. really cool show. And Vince tells Brett just hour, just minutes, maybe before they go on TV, because Brett was late to the building, which some people say was a Brett move. Uh, <laughs> Vince tells him, Hey, I'm going to have to breach your contract, but quote, I'll make it up to you on the back end." And he even tells Brett that he's heard Hulk Hogan is finishing up soon and his timing couldn't be more perfect. Now, of course he's heard that because allegedly Hulk is trying to get with Vince and just see if there's an opportunity for him to come back. Brett would write this. He went on to say that if I left, I would actually be doing him a favor because he was about to downsize into a Northeastern U S promotion because of my 14 years of loyal service. He said he wanted to give me the opportunity to approach WCW before anyone else did since he'd be letting a lot of wrestlers grow. He described to me as being the first guy in the lifeboat quote, you don't even have to drop the belt. If you don't want to, you hold all the cards. He even said that he would secretly help me negotiate my deal. If I wanted his final words to me were that he'd see whether he could find the money somewhere to pay me. But for now, I shouldn't breathe a word to anybody. If the news leaked out that Vince was in trouble, it would hurt my chances with Bischoff hurt my chances. I was stunned by how many promises he broke in one short conversation that I didn't even know how to reply. So his whole career here that he thinks he's got mapped out. And as a reminder, he took less money to come work here in 1996, as opposed to going to work for WCW. And he says a lot of that was because of loyalty and because Vince would sell him on the fact that they wouldn't know how to handle a hitman character. You know, I, I think, uh, I, a lot of this stuff that Vince is, uh, selling, uh, I wouldn't buy. Most people wouldn't buy. You're not buying it. No. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I just, again, I, this blows me away that, the, that we let this thing degenerate to this level. Yes. Uh, quite frankly. And, and it's just so damn, you can tell my, my emotions today. This is not. 
reliving this damn thing is just uh, daunting, to be honest with you. And if you, because I was just in it part time, I was in it every day, right, all day, and you never knew when the phone rang what's what bad news we're going to get here now. That's right, and and that's kind of where we were. It's a real shame. Um, but let's let's unpack all this. Did you ever hear? I'm boy, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you're in the inner circle. Did you ever hear Vince talk about scaling back to just being a Northeast promotion? No, ever, not ever. Not one time. He didn't, I never even heard him in ferret. So no, absolutely not. Do you remember there being discussions of cutting numerous wrestlers and trying to scale back? Yeah. We had to get the budget under control. Right. And that was a part of that process. Absolutely. It's just interesting to me that at the time when we're saying we're cutting back, we're also bringing in the Patriot. Now, granted, he's probably not a huge line item, but still, no. it, it, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to, all right, we're scared. We're laying off. Uh, we're also hiring. Usually you do one in the absence of the other. Um, did you know this conversation was going to happen or does he tell you after the fact? After the fact. Yeah. Yeah. I, Cause. I think he knew that I would try to talk him out of it. Right. And he didn't want to deal with that. So no, I, I knew about it after the, after the fact. And, uh, when it was, when it was too late to do anything about it, we couldn't put the, we couldn't put the, what's that old saying that Jenny back, Jenny got out of the bottle or whatever they are. It was already out there. Right. And so, uh, but I had no clue he was going to do that to that degree. I knew we had issues, right. You know, like you, like we, you and I alluded to, uh, you know, several in the wrestling world and our, de- our whole department got, I got some pay cuts. cuts, pretty substantial big, 50%. Big, yeah. Big time. I'm not talking about just a couple of bucks here. So, uh, it was, uh, we knew things are changing, but to the, de- to the degree where you're going to withdraw your offer to Bret Hart and let him leave. Uh, I just thought that was poor business and, and there's, gotta be a, there's gotta be a solution, Conrad. There's got to be some sort of compromise or solution because I can assure you that Brett had no, uh, major burning desire to bolt. No, he loved WWE. He was loyal. He was dedicated he had years and years of service. Uh, so, you know, he, he, he wanted this matter to be addressed and be solved so we could all get back to the process of doing business. You know, we had a, we were building a hell of a roster at that point in time. And, uh, but nobody in my view, Austin became the most valuable guy Yes. at that point in time. He wasn't, uh, but Brett was, it's just fascinating to me to really think about how much is happening just in a short handful of months here. Cause the blows keep on coming. Brian Pillman's going to pass away before bad blood on that very same show. Of course, Sean and the undertaker main event, the very first hell in a cell. We see the debut of Kane. That's what everybody remembers it for. Almost nobody talks about second from the top Brett and the British bulldog taking on Vader and the Patriot in a flag match. Um, we still have the, the title on this fella had we, and again, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but had we dropped the title to the undertaker back at one night only the hell in a cell match would have been for the world title. And we don't have an issue here, but that's not what we're doing. Uh, at, at any point as the guy who's grown up working with the cowboy and coming through all the territory system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
are you raising your hand and saying, you know, Vince, uh, if we're really letting him negotiate with WCW, reckon we ought to get the belt off him. Well, that was, yeah, that was kind of discussed. Obviously I think a lot of people thought, well, if, if, if the, uh, if the horse has left the barn and when we're and, and the, and the gate's still open, there's just no way that, uh, you know, it's just, there's just no way this could be happening. And, uh, but I, I like your idea about the England thing, but that was never a consideration. It's too, it's too logical. And again, I think sometimes Vince is doing some of these things on the fly. Mm-hmm. I think he had, he was very conflicted about this conversation with Brett because down deep. And I think it was, that's been proven over time, uh, as Brett came back to WWE, that Vince had a, a strong affinity for Bret Hart. And, uh, maybe sometimes like a lot of alpha males, he doesn't know how to, how to, uh, address it. And it was cause it wasn't easy. If you think about it, you know, you're the most loyal guy, one of the biggest stars and, and, and globally, we didn't have anybody on our roster that was over as much as Brett outside the United States, nobody. And it had been a long time since we even had somebody approach that deal, maybe Hogan in his day. And then Austin later, but at this point in time on the calendar, it was Brett. Brett was the guy. So I, I felt uh, badly about the whole damn thing. And I just couldn't believe our company going on. We're going to, we're going to open the door for Brett to get down to Atlanta on a nonstop, so to speak. And here we are trying to, so we're going to let our, one of our top guys in the history of the company, a hall of fame guy, a guy that is universally respected by his peers, which is the highest compliment you could get, uh, in any form of life, any, any business, uh, your peers appreciate what you do and who you are and what your contributions have been. So, uh, it was hard to wrap your arms around everything. You know, your, your, your proverbial deep dive was not pleasant. It's, uh, it's just fascinating to think about you know, what could have been and all the other possible outs and outcomes. And either way, Brett starts negotiating with Eric Bischoff, trying to make a move to WCW. He's doing this while he's on the road with the WWF. Is this just about the most surreal thing that's ever happened in your wrestling career up to that point? I had to say so. Yeah. Because of the level of the talents that we're talking about, it affected so many, as I said earlier, and it didn't affect the uh, the Brooklyn brawler, it affected all the top guys and I all due respect to brawler. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was just crazy. Let's, um, I'm anxious to talk about this because we've, we've never really discussed it. Was there, are you having any conversation with talent or talent coming to you and saying, um, Hey man, is Brett really going to WCW or I heard Brett's yeah. negotiating with, I mean, he's the champ and he's been told not to, but it does feel like if he's having these conversations while he's on the road, some of this info is going to get out there. Of course. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe Brett was talking to Meltzer and Meltzer ran with it as a news story as scoop. Right. I, I don't blame him. I probably would have too. Uh, but no, man, I don't, uh, everything just comes back as a haze to me sometimes on these, this fucking thing. 
this was very distasteful. Yeah. It was very un- ill-timed. And it's another problem to solve. But you can't lose a talent like Bret Hart to your number one competitor and not have second thoughts. At least I have plenty of them. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about what happens next. I can't believe this is real. Uh, Brett wrote in his book on October 12th, he's going to sit down with Shawn Michaels. They're going to start talking about survivor series and the fact that they'll be wrestling together quote. I just want you to know that despite any differences we've had this past year, I have no problem working with you. You can trust me in every way to be a professional. What you need to know, Sean, is that you're not in any danger. I also want you to know, I have no problem dropping the belt for you. If that's what Vince wants, he glared back at me and said, I appreciate that, but I want you to know, I'm not willing to do the same thing for you. And then he left. Why do you have to say that? Why would he have to say, why would you just, uh, give somebody a chicken shit pie to eat? Yeah. You know, that was, uh, Brett was extending the olive branch. Brett was trying to assure Sean that cause Brett would kill Sean in a real fight. Right. Or a real wrestling match. You just would. And so then Sean being the bandy rooster that he was at that point in his life, defiant and cocky. You get that? What I just did rooster cocky. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, well done. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, my stand-up career has ended. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was, why, why would you say that? Just the last word. Are you so fragile and so insecure and so weak that you got to have the last word? And then conveniently, after you had your quote unquote last word, the meeting was over. It ended by Sean leaving, walking out of the, of the, of the meeting. I just don't get that. So, I, so it's also, it's, it was, it provoked, it was provoking. And I didn't, I, I still to this very day don't understand why that had to be said or could Sean have not have acted a little bit more professionally uh, on this matter? I think the answer to that is an overwhelming. Yes. Well, Brett talks in his book about how Vince goes back now and says, Hey, we've solved the money issues. It's all good. Now I'm sure business had had some upticks. <laughs> I know that we changed in your house from a two hour concept to a three hour concept and raised the prices. I know that we raised the prices of our house shows because tickets had been selling well enough where we thought we could do that. Are those the primary needle movers in the revenue game at this point, or is there something else we're missing where maybe Vince 
you know, found solace in, oh, well, I just found this cash we didn't know about. Was there something else or is that, is that pretty much it? I think that's pretty much it. I think that, uh, uh, I, th- I think that, uh, it, it, we kept, I think the, the pay-per-view business got better and there was more cash flow. The live events were, were not suffering as badly as they were at one point in time in the not too distant past. Uh, but other than that, I don't know where the extra money was going to come from. You know, it wasn't like they signed a new rights TV rights deal. You know, this is this different ball game it, that had not come yet. Right. And that's always, that's been the saving grace to pro wrestling. Even today's rights fees and television, uh, entities simply because the, uh, you know, the, it's a, it's a huge form of money, uh, WWE going to Saudi. It's all, it's a cash grab. You know, we're not, they're not going to run Saudi on a regular basis. It's a one, it's an attraction type event for massive money. And if I were in a position of making decisions in that respect, uh, I, I couldn't do anything but agree with it. Go get that cash, man. Yeah. Go get the cash to do the same thing that you always do. Albeit it's a long trip. So let's talk about the offer that Bischoff makes. Uh, Bischoff does make a last minute offer to Brett. For two and a half million dollars a year, I think, I think Brett wrote that it was 125 days in his book. I think we had a couple of, uh, super fans, including our old, our old pal, Chris Harrington, dig up all the court documents and it might be 180 days. Either way, what we agree on two and a half million dollars is a lot of money. Now, Brett writes in his book that Vince had come to him and said, Hey, I figured the money out. But what he really wants from Vince at this point is a promise as to what are we going to be doing? Because as we've established after main eventing the August SummerSlam pay-per-view doing record business, uh, through the summer, largely on the backs of his storyline and the heart foundation. I mean, as a reminder, the Canadian stampede, huge critical success sold out yeah. SummerSlam, huge critical success sold out. But the following two pay-per-views, he's second from the top. And the, in October, he's even working a tag match and he's the world champ. He's not going on last. He's not the main event. And Shawn Michaels is now a firm heel and arguably the DX storyline is getting more hype and more push and more TV time than his heart foundation that had done well through the summer. So yeah. I understand why he had concerns and questions. Um, Brett writes in his book that Bischoff makes a deal at, regarding some details and Vince finally calls him back after he's been a little hard for Brett to pin down about this creative. And he finally gets an answer from Vince as to what the creative will be. And Vince tells him you're going to put Sean over at the next three pay-per-views in a row, and then you'll beat Sean on raw. When he's curious about his spot. And as you always say, the cash and creative and the other guy is offering a multiple of what you're offering. The, the offers essentially, they are two and a half million dollars or less than half of that. And we're going to beat you a bunch. It feels why like, would he, why, why would he go there? Why it, would he say that? I don't know. I, I, things change by the minute in this crazy ass business. Sometimes it's the last guy to talk to the decision maker that gets the break. 
and, and it, it, it just, it's all, and it's never, this is not new. It's not a new deal. It's been this way forever, right? It's a subjective business and it's up to the discretion of the decision maker as to what way you want to go creatively. Right. And, and it's, and there's always going to be the insecurities and there's, or there's an agenda or, you know, this is, this is a, this is a bullshit, whatever the case may be, but golly, uh, you know, why would you say that? And we're going to beat you three times in a row. Well, where do you think Vince got that? I think he got it from Sean. Yeah. Sean protecting his, his, uh, his, 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 uh, his franchise, so to speak, his franchise wasn't in danger, right? The franchise was fine. You're Sean Michaels for God's sakes, get over the paranoia and the schizophrenia or whatever the fuck. And, and, and just go do business, be good, be great. And cause you are great. You may be the greatest ever in the eyes of some people you are right. So whether that's true or it isn't, it's a, it's a subjective opinion, but why would you tell a guy? Cause I can promise you from uh, working with Vince, sometimes he didn't know where he was going to go. And I know Bruce, Bruce can't say that we can say it now, I guess, but he, Bruce knows, right. You, you just, sometimes he doesn't know where he's going. And sometimes his bravado would get in the way. And so he could reestablish his territory. I'm the boss. And I'm going to call the plays. I expect you to run the plays as they are called. And, uh, that's, and, and that's easy. And Brett could understand that Brett could understand how the booker's autonomy and, and, and the pressure on the booker to create great stories. So I don't understand why we, we went there. There's been the Sean walking out of the meeting. Bullshit. Get your ass back in there and let's settle this thing. Uh, maybe Sean was afraid Brett was going to go off on it. I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is very uncomfortable for everybody involved. What's amazing to me is, you know, we, we hear all the time, uh, talent who are with the company who would say, well, Vince promised me this and Vince promised me that. And then we would hear reports from the company. Well, he never really said that what Vince promises is opportunity. So to just come straight out and, and be so committed. Oh yeah. We're going to have Sean beat you three times. It almost sounds as if Vince wants Brett to take the WCW deal. That's the only reason to say this, right? I, I think it was, I think yeah. it, it took a lot of pressure off Vince that he, he believed in his heart that he helped Brett or you know, Brett broker this deal with Eric. Hey, two and a half million dollars is a lot of money. Then today. now forever. Yeah. No shit, brother. Good, yeah. good line. Uh, you're so smart, Connie <laughs> road tie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like things are said that didn't need to be said. And, and if you go back and examine all these things that I've pointed out here and you pointed out here, it's all about ego. Yes. Who's going to get their proverbial hand raised. Who's going over brother and wrestlers have done this for years. And I, I, I hope that we're past this thing, but you know, uh, Golly, doing a job see that in itself is a negative connotation. Well, I guess I'll do the job. Yeah. I guess you'll get paid. It's fucking fiction. Come on. So, and that's how I, I looked at it. Of course, I'm not a wrestler and, and I haven't had this ingrained in my head since, uh, the day I walked in to got my first check type deal. It's just, it was, it was a bad, bad shit. 
and uh, and, it's, and, it, and we didn't do anything to, to help solve that little conundrum. Where did the job? Who's going to do the job? You know, like who's going to do the hit? Uh, who's going to make me look bad or whatever? Wrestlers have the chance to make themselves look great or bad. Three seconds is all this thing takes. As we saw in Montreal, it was took less than three seconds and it was done very unscrupulously. What's crazy to me is to just think about how much money that really is, you know, using the old handy dandy inflation calculator, two and a half million dollars in 1997 dollars is like 4.6 million today, Hmm. a gargantuan sum. There's almost no chance that Brett could walk from that. And it feels as if when he's asking for certain assurances creatively, Vince knows what he's looking for and just doesn't give it to him. Right. So he's gone. And I'm curious, when does he come and tell you, when does Vince come to you and say, all right, the deal's done. Brett's going to WCW that after a few minutes after he had the conversation. Okay. I was plugged in. I, I was aware. I'm sure Bruce is aware. He's small little Vince had this little group. And I think we all were informed. I don't know if Bruce ever talked about when he found out. Oh yeah. I mean, I think everybody found out kind of at the same time, but I guess my I question so. is, is everyone's natural follow-up? What are we going to do about the belt? It wasn't mine. Okay. But I understand that, com- that, that, uh, line that of thinking cons- yeah. concern and that line of thinking. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, 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 I just. No, it was just one of those deals where, you know, we're, 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 we're talking about the wrong topics here. Brett wanted some loyalty. He wanted Vince to hug him. He wanted, he wanted Vince to, to say, look, you've been so loyal, right? You're one of the greatest I've ever had here. Your, your great days are not over. You know, title runs are going to still continue to come your way at the right time when it fits creatively and you're going to be paid well, but you're not going to be paid as well as, as a WCW can pay you. I think Vince at, at, at a certain point to take pressure off himself and not second guess himself on this decision, uh, was willing to kind of let it cool and let the Bischoff side get more powerful with their offer to be more attractive with their offer. And, you know, Brett's got a, has a, has a big family and He's worked all his life to kind of make this kind of money. And it, it, I would say it's life-changing money. It would be to my life. So it was, uh, I think he wanted at that point just to, okay, I'm tired, but Brett, I, I can't do this. Everything had a mystery to it. Everything seemed to be like it was a work and Brett smelled that out like a, uh, a trained high daughter bloodhound. He knew something was up. Well, let's talk about what's next here. Um, and and I guess we should at least discuss the, the narrative that's out there because it gets mentioned a lot, uh, and, and, and we can guess why, Well, we were nervous that he was going to show up on nitro the next night with the title. The reality is Brett's contract expired on December 8th with the WWF. Right. It's not as if he was legally able to show up on another program the day after survivor series. Yeah. And that would have been a major lawsuit that was a bit hard to win for the other side. It's not exactly a secret either. Uh, the stories are out there, 
that Brett is going to be leaving and going to WCW along the way. Of course, we've got to negotiate what the finish is going to be. Lots of folks have claimed credit for it over the years. I think most believe it was probably Jim Cornette who suggested, you know, once upon a time, and he referenced that there was another moment in history where a quote unquote screw job happened. Do you believe the credit for that idea? Boy, that's probably not the right phrase. Do you believe that maybe Cornette reminded people that there is another option? Uh, I can see Corny doing that and, uh, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it was an option. Was it the best option? I don't know about that, but it was an option. You get the championship off of, uh, Brett in a very controversial way. And, and it was damn sure controversial. So, uh, but I, that's where I started tapping out on, on some of this stuff in that Montreal uh, weekend. It was just, you know, come on, man, what, what, we're making some crazy decisions here. And sometimes you think Vince is going into business for himself, which he could, he owned the company, he signed the checks as his cash. Yeah. But, uh, it just was a wrong route and the communication as we pointed out, uh, two or three things here. Why do we do that? What did that help? How did that help? Well, it didn't help, but it put this back in the driver's seat. It, he, his plan was coming to fruition. He was going to get rid of Brett, uh, and do it under the guise of, uh, uh, of, uh, of a new deal with Eric and, and have the coast clear where you can sign it. I'll give you an example of this deal. This coming to his office one day and said, we're going to make some changes here. So I don't think it's going to affect me. Cause I'm now I'm, I'm uh, apprehensive. And he said, I'm going to let Oakland go. I said, why? Well, I just want a new look, fresh, younger, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he said, but I don't want anybody to know about it because I'm going to help Gene get a better deal with, uh, WCW cause they don't know that I'm getting ready to let him go. So now they can think that they're, they're taking him from us. Well, if it had been me, I would have never got rid of me and Gene. He was a face of WWE. He was a face, not the face. He was a face, popular, talented, uh, one of my favorite drinking buddies of all time in wrestling. Uh, and it's just, you know, what, wait a minute, what, what, what are we doing here now? So, uh, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think, I think Vince. Vince has made some key calculated decisions and, uh, Cornette though may have been involved in that Patterson probably had awareness of things like that. Uh, and maybe had even experienced it. I don't know. Uh, but it, it, it wasn't something that was just so novel. Oh yeah, we could do that. Why did we think of that? I think a lot of people thought that there's a way to get around this thing, but nobody, I didn't, I didn't dream it was going to be the way that it went down because I didn't know what we we're doing. I had no, when I called it, I, that was the first I heard of it and that's hard, man. Yeah. When you're setting into a full house, emotional fans. Michaels is a, 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 a very solid heel as far as his role his persona in that, to that house. Again, we're in Canada. Yeah. So, uh, I, I just, it was just so uncomfortable. Everything was so uncomfortable about this whole damn thing. So I don't know if Cornette had the original idea. Corny's smart guy. And he's certainly, uh, 
and had a lot of he had a great historic knowledge of things. So uh, I can see Corny stepping up in that that idea. But the, at the end of the day, Connie, it's Vince's call. Right. End of the story. And I'm sure Pat Patterson sitting in those meetings just, you know, just stressed all the hell because Pat loved Brett. You know, he's the Canadian thing, uh, uh, been around him since he was a kid, all those, all those deals. So, uh, I'm sure Pat was flabbergasted and Vince, I thought, and I think Vince had some issues with it too, because he didn't even tell his broadcast team. Oh, by the way, here's what we're doing. And it would, it might've helped if we'd have known that there's going to be a title change in, in a, in a controversial manner, but we didn't have that luxury. Talk to me about the aftermath is, uh, is Mick Foley, the only person who objects to coming back afterwards. I know Mick wrote in his book that you called him at his, uh, hotel room that night and tried to talk to him about it. I think Jim Cornette did the same and even Vince McMahon. But is he the only guy who says, man, this ain't right. I'm not doing this. I've talked to a lot of guys, not that many that night. Cause I think the, the aftermath, the, the shock was still, uh, resonating. Yeah. Uh, but Mick was the most, the one that comes to my mind cause he was very upset and, uh, you know, contrary to his TV persona, Mick Bowley is a very sensitive guy. Yeah. He thought Brett had been done wrong. Yeah. Well, he had, <laughs> he had, he had, but you know, quitting and going home for a day, what's it going to do to go home for a day, Mick, you know, but you're going to, he, he came back a, a day later. Yeah. He missed the, the live show, but he went to the tapings the next day. All right. So, so was that necessary? Well, Mick I thought it was, yeah, I don't, but Mick did. And I love Mick. No, I love him this very day, but he, he could have, we could have again. We didn't, we should have had a sit down. I should have had a sit down with Mick and said, Hey, here's, let's talk about this. And if you need a day off to kind of settle yourself or whatever, hang at the hotel, go get a good meal, take a nap, do something, but I'll see you Tuesday, whatever it may be, but that's not how it went down. Mick went home We everything became overblown and everything became an issue as if we needed more of that shit. More yeah. issues or focus on the negative. Man, it's, uh, it's just crazy to think about, you know, how chaotic it must've been backstage. Did you speak to Brett that night after the match? No, no, I did not. Uh, I was whisked away by security. Lawler and I were, I don't know where Lawler went, but they, they, I, they peeled me off of our exit and put me in Vince's office. And they, as Vince said, uh, I think it was Vince, don't unlock this door for anybody but me. Okay. Now the plot thickens. Was there going to be an assassination attempt and all of Vince's henchmen are going to be offed. Right. You know, and, and, and I asked Vince about that because we had a spirited talk and my adrenaline was running and punching and going crazy. Uh, after the show, I was, just, I was confused. I was upset. Uh, didn't think we'd go to that extreme to get the fucking title. It's a prop. It's a goddamn prop. Okay. And I know you got plenty of props that I can see them behind you. Yeah. And, 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 but that's what they are. 
Yeah. There's it's, it's stage attire type thing. You know, it's a, it's a prop for a, for a fictional presentation. And, uh, so he said, I said, why didn't you tell me? And he said, because I want the talent to always know the truth. And that is you didn't have, you were not a party to this deal. This is not your idea. You didn't endorse it. You're going to always be loyal to the talent. And if you had known you could have done, you know, you could have, maybe you could have, uh, in their view, talent's view, uh, have prevented it. Well, it was the, the, I couldn't prevent it. It was right. a done deal. Right. We're moving on here. And, but it would have been nice to know. I don't know if it'd have been nice to know or not, because that's all I would have been thinking about going out there to call this match to close the show was this finish and probably put me in the right mindset for me at that point in time. But I know it was a shocker to go to the fit when the finish went down, like it did. Uh, and I read so much about it. It's, it's ad nauseum. You know, the, that wrestling with shadows movie was out there. And did you see came. it? Did you see wrestling with shadows? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was a diet in today's marketplace. It's, I thought it, it held, it held up pretty well. Oh yeah. If somebody sure. hadn't seen it, you know, you might, it's YouTube or something, you know, but, uh, if you're, if you're curious, but the camera crew was around there all, all day. And again, Vince felt compelled to go. And he might say, I didn't confront Brett. Well, you did. He was upset. He was hurt. Yeah. He was his emotional feelings were shattered. Uh, and not just because he lost the belt, right? Strap. He lost the strap in Canada. Oh my God. The world will never ever re recover. Please. Uh, so, uh, anyway, the, it was, it was a crazy day there. And then we had to have security to get out. We had to have security to get in our hotel and get to our rooms. I just want to get to my fucking room. You know, I just want to get to my room and, and settle for a second. Just give me a sec. Cause I had to put pieces back together, of talents that Vince didn't want to work with. Right. He wasn't going to stop his, his, uh, his march to independence with Brett without, you know, he wasn't. So I, I, it was a, really a stressful, now, I wasn't afraid of my health or, you know, some drunk, uh, French Canadian family. I want to take a pot at shot at any, any of us. That didn't happen. Thank goodness. Uh, but I can't tell them, Hey, look, you asshole, don't hit me again. I didn't know the finish. <laughs> they don't care. They wouldn't believe me anyway. Right. So crazy shit, Connie. It was, a, it was a crazy, crazy stuff. And I'm glad it to some degree that it has, the story has a quasi happy ending and it did. And, you know, uh, or at least I think it did. It seemed like it, there was progress made and Brett came back. That was emotional for Brett to come back, get a hug and be in the ring. And then finally his, his, uh, his meeting with Sean, just too damn bad. It was about two years, two or three years too late. When Vince comes back into the room after Brett punched him, does anybody say anything? Not much. He was, he was really, uh, he was, uh, he would have taken a standing eight. Yeah. He was still kind of wobbly messed up. My question is, why did you have to go down there and knowing that the, uh, that the, that this situation could happen and get more explosive, uh, 
why did you get, why did that have to happen there? Why did you have to go down there? Was it to establish who the boss was? Uh, it feels like it was to absolve him of his sins. He felt like, Hey, I got this coming. I feel bad about what happened. Yep. So I'm going to let you do this. And then we're, we're, we're fair and square, almost schoolyard shit, right? Yep. Yep. And unnecessary schoolyard shit. Yeah. Quite frankly. Uh, did your relationship change with Brent as a result of this? Yeah, we went for years and never spoke because he didn't believe I was not a party to it. Right. The truth was I was not a party to it. The truth was I didn't even know the fucking finish. And the truth was it really happened and it was a real deal. Yeah. It wasn't a work. Uh, it wasn't, uh, oh, I got it. Uh, big man and Brett are in just, just together. And they're going to bleed. He's going to do, uh, Vince is going to do to Eric, what uh, he did with Gene. He's going to make sure that, that Vince is going to make sure Brett had a gig. The money was big and same basic thing for Gene, you know, good old Gene finally got paid for his hotline stuff and things of that nature. I miss that guy a lot. I really do. I enjoyed about once ever a couple of times a month, just checking in and getting some laughs, trying to arrange our schedules so we could see each other. He was one of my favorite people and I miss him to this very day. Uh, but I will say this for Vince. He, now I don't know what Eric would say. Eric may, I don't know. Was Eric, did Eric hire, hire Gene? I guess he did. Yeah, he did. So I don't know if what Eric's take on this matter would be. I can only take, tell you my side of what I perceived it to be by my own observations. And, uh, so I thought that was honorable for Vince, quite frankly, that's hard to say. You don't use those words in the same sentence in, in that era, right? That often honorable. Let's do some questions here. Boy, we got so many questions about this. All these let's years go. later, people are still fascinated with it. I don't think there's any chance we can get to all of them, but let's do a few here. Uh, let's see here. We got a great question here. Hypothetically, if you and Vince swapped roles in the company, how would you have handled getting the title off of Brett? And how would you have seen the title picture afterwards? I would have sat down with both guys and said, here's what we're going to, here's what I want to do. I need your help getting it done. Yeah. And then I would have had a plan, a succession plan. Uh, you know, you know, Brett's career is not over and he, he's still going to be a champion at some point. You're not going to get a guy like him with so much name identity and skill and, and not have him be your champ at some point in time again. So, uh, but I, the key thing I would have done, I think uh, in hindsight, which is easy to spot sure. is communicate, get them both together and communicate and see if we could not work things out as professionals and as grown men without uh, the overwhelming agendas of distrust and, uh, uh, anxiety, Let's communicate, get together, talk it through. Let's see if we can't come up with a resolve that makes everybody happy. Had Austin not been dumped on his head at SummerSlam, you think Austin could have been the guy? I know it would have spoiled a quote unquote WrestleMania moment, but boy, he and Brett could have tore it up and that would have been one heck of a way to get the title off of Brett, right? Anytime. Yeah. Anytime you can get Austin and Brett in a ring together against each other. Uh, you, you got a good chance of winning your creative battle. They liked each other too. They had great chemistry. 
So uh, that would have been an option, no doubt about that. But Steve's injury kind of obviously curtailed that scenario. Brad Bell wants to know this being the 25th anniversary of 1997. Who do you consider the MVP of that year? Brett, Sean, Austin, Taker, someone else. Mm. Good question there. Brad Bell. If that is your real name, uh, I would, you know, everything is centered around Brett and Sean. Yeah. So I would think logically it would be one of the two of them. And I think Brett would probably get my vote. I agree. I think Brett's probably the MVP of 97. Yeah. Uh, two count Kyle says, Jim, knowing everything we do now and where all parties involved are at this stage of their life and careers, do you think Vince would still green light the screw job if he had the chance to do it over? Oh God. You know, they'll always go back to the same shit. You know, I got to protect the belt. Yeah. Have another belt made. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know Conrad, the definitive answer. Cause it's a hypothetical question, but probably so I think he'd steer the course. Dave McClay. Great question here. If the Montreal screw job did not happen, do you believe we still would have seen the evil Mr. McMahon character that had such a great run with stone cold? Well, I would hope so. And I think so, but certainly the, uh, the screw job, uh, gave newfound momentum to Mr. McMahon's character change. Maybe out of the whole damn thing, that was the best thing that came out of the Montreal screw jobs that Vince turned heel. Because it worked out so well for Brett and so well for Austin and so well for Vince and Vince did become a character. Kyle, Kyle asked a question. There are wrestlers who still to this day say this was all the work. What are your thoughts on those guys? Saying, well, those, those gentlemen, I'm assuming gentlemen yeah, are ignorant. They're stupid. Proving once again, you don't want wrestlers doing your taxes. Oh, okay. It's always about me. It's always about, you know, the, 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 the art of the, of the swerve and the, the work and Hey brother type deal. I, that's just so ridiculous. It's embarrassing to someone to even ask that question that they believe that it was till this very day. You think that guys can't, you know, it's, it's like talking about a wrestling union. Watts gave me the best uh, feedback on that ever. Cause when I was at WWE, I asked him about, you know, I keep in t- touch with him get a little advice here, there, and yon, uh, about, uh, wrestling unions, wrestler unions mm-hmm. are a union for the wrestlers. He says, he said, Jim, they can't af- agree on what to have for lunch. Yeah. So there'll never be a wrestling union because they don't trust anybody. They don't even trust their own peers because everybody's always looking at the glass half empty first. And that and there's something to be said for that. So, uh, I don't think McMahon would have changed his strategy. He, he believed and he, he was convinced by his surroundings that we had to get the belt off of Brett. Like it was going to change the course of time. I don't believe that to be true. I don't think it would have been a big blip in the road. Quite honestly, Brian Shaw wants to know when did communication between Brett and Vince start back and how did Vince go about trying to mend that relationship? The aftermath was just ugly. Well, he, he helped mend the relationship by communicating. Yeah. They talked God damn. What a concept. They fucking talked as men, as adults and as professionals, they finally started communicating. Only a few years too late. 
So I, uh, to me, it's no mystery on how that ended up, ended up. And I think Vince had a, had, had a quasi guilty conscience about how all this went down, the heartache and the heartbreak that it caused the fact that Brett had had some health setbacks since that, that, uh, Montreal screw job. I think Vince felt badly, so badly about that as we all did. So, uh, but they communicated and that was a, that was different and it was pleasant and it was great to have them back. And, uh, I was there that day, obviously that, uh, Brett came back and it was emotional. A lot of guys are crying and happy and hugging and all that stuff because he had great respect for the roster. If, if you had, if you had two captains, if you had a, a, a two captains stuck on the football team, those captains for us would have been undertaker and Brett. They're the, they were the most respected guys, most motivational guys in the locker room that always took time to talk to the younger guys about how to get over, how to stay over, et cetera, et cetera, how to be a pro because both those guys are great pros. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, Tommy Cash's question. We always hear about the main event of WrestleMania being planned out for months in advance. What was the timeline for stone cold being slotted for that spot? Was it before Montreal and would the plan have been Brett putting Austin over in their third encounter at WrestleMania 14? So we talked at the top of the program that it felt like we still wanted to do the Brett Sean rematch at WrestleMania. I'm curious if, if we started with that, I mean, Austin's clearly getting so hot. I mean, that run he had in 1998 was just unbelievable. So I'd like to think we still wind up there. But it does beg the question, what's everybody else do? It feels like undertaker is going to be working with Kane, no matter what, based on the big debut. Right. So we've kind of got three guys here. We got to figure out what in the world are we doing with Sean Michaels, the undertaker, not the undertaker, but Sean, Brett and Austin. What, what do you think now that you've had a chance to maybe think about the timeline a little bit, what would the plan have been for WrestleMania 14 for those folks? Well. You can't deny also getting over to the level that he was. So you got to run with that. Right. You know, you have to, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden here's what was ironic to me is that it would, you know, Taker had been such an important part of all this, these matches, this, this whole scenario, because he was loyal, he could be depended upon, uh, and he deserved the paydays and the main events, uh, Austin situation was unstoppable. He was going to get all, he was getting over to a degree that we had not experienced since the Hogan days mm-hmm. and Hogan's height. So I'm a, a firm believer that Austin's rise to the top was unstoppable. So however, however way you want to reshuffle your deck, you know, have at it. Uh, but Austin was going to be the guy. It couldn't be denied. You don't get a chance to promote a guy like that very often. They don't come along once in a, I don't, I don't know that anybody has come along in since Austin stepped aside that is, uh, has done what he's done. His popularity was in, insane. You know, I was, I was sitting there looking at merchandise numbers, all the measurables that we could, we could acquire. We, we evaluate and Austin's merchandise sales without a title, you know, all, all that stuff was un- unbelievable. This is astronomical. So, and he's, I don't know. He just, it was, that was a fait accompli. He was going to be the guy. 
how we got there. I don't know, it, but he would have been the, to me, he would have been the guy at WrestleMania and he would have won the title. Simple as that. Just don't overthink this goddamn thing. Well, let's don't overthink this either. Go to jrsbbq.com right now, Jim. I can't believe what I saw, but recently I actually saw a bottle of the hot sauce. Yeah. I, I think it's coming sooner rather than later now. Yeah, it's in the warehouse and this is being inventoried and it's, uh, I'd say within the next week or less, it's going to be available. And, uh, of course I'll we'll social media it. So everybody's aware of it. Maybe you could try a bottle. And, uh, of course I'll send you some, and I think it's, uh, it's got a, so it's got a little audience in the, so I, I just feel badly that I've, that we've, it's taken us so long to get there, but again, it's, it's not a, it's not easy it ain't for these, a lack of trying. How about that? No, that's true, boy. So, uh, I hope everybody gives it a shot. It's, it's good. I, I, I like hot sauce. I, I, you know, it's, this is good. It's, it's really good. And but God dang, it should be because we've taken us so long. We tested, we changed this, we tweaked that. So, uh, now it's, it's ready to sell and ready to, to eat. Let's eat. Let's do eat jrsbbq.com. I think you guys are going to love it. Uh, if you haven't already tried the all purpose seasoning, I can't recommend it enough. There's something for everybody though. You got uh, two different types of barbecue sauce, chipotle ketchup, main event mustard, but the seasoning, woo, can't get enough of it. And now the hot sauce right around the corner. Of course, you can also get all of this at jrsbbq.com holiday season, right around the corner. This makes a great stocking stuffer, something for everybody over there. And as a friend of mine likes to say, it costs nothing to look. It's jrsbbq.com. Check it out. And next week, Jim, we're talking about survivor series, 2002, going back 20 years to look at when, uh, Sean Michaels wins the world title again, wearing maybe the ugliest Brown trunks he ever wore his little Dutch boy haircut. There's some shenanigans in this match. I think with Rob Van Dam and triple H and we'll get into all the news and notes, including a Scott Steiner debut. As we talk about all things survivor series, 2002, of course, you get all of our programs early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. That's like 16 cents an episode and no more ads folks. In addition to that, you get tons of bonus content. Uh, we sit down with, uh, the protege of Reggie parks to celebrate the WCW world title that Ron Simmons made famous on the one year anniversary of Reggie's passing. We also had Eric Bischoff sit down with Raven to clear the air after two decades of heat. Jake, the snake Roberts takes a look at his swan song in WCW Halloween havoc, 1992 and fielded your questions. There's something for everybody. My favorite new thing we just launched though, is we got a hold of Fritz von Eric's actual book. I saw sheets. that the actual handwritten notes from Fritz von Eric His booking book. Absolutely. What the, the houses Bible, were, who was winning, who was losing, how the towns were doing. We break it down with his right-hand man, David Manning. It's a lot of fun. And we're going to be doing uh, another opportunity for that, for Jim Crockett promotions, and maybe one for Memphis along the way, we created a new product called making the town. So we've celebrated these old booking sheets, the Bible, as you called it. We've celebrated yep. the old titles. Now we're going to talk about some of the famous venues that we all used to make the matches at. It all happens over at adfreeshows.com. Throw us a like if you think we've earned it here on the program. Hit that subscribe button. And if you think we've earned it, throw us a five star review. It really yeah. helps. We appreciate it. And if you're trying to introduce our program 
to the new wrestling fan in your life who maybe hasn't been listening to our podcast, show them some bite-sized opportunities over on YouTube. It's youtube.com forward slash grilling Jr. There you go. Find us on Twitter and ask questions about next week's program or any program at Jr. Grilling on Twitter. Of course, Jim is on Twitter at Jr's BBQ. I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. And we are out of time. Tune in tomorrow night, Jim Ross, each and every Friday doing his damnedest to entertain you as the voice of <laughs> wrestling for AEW. You can see Jim in person live as he tours the country every single week at AEWTIX.com. Uh, but of course the best way to support the show, jrsbbq.com. Jim, this was a lot of fun, man. I know we've, we've talked about the Montreal screw job forever, but now we got to hear it. You know, from your perspective, the head of talent relations, what you knew, when you knew how you found out and how ultimately it all worked out 25 years ago. I love that. The fact that it all worked, it finally all worked out. Everybody involved deserved to be happy and be proud of their career. Be proud of the example that they have set for a lot of younger talents. Uh, you know, you, you, FTR is a big, those guys are Dax and, and, and they're big, uh, red heart fans. Red has a profound influence on the business still to this very day, because he's a guy that talents look up to and they want to be like Brett. They want to be solid, not hurt anybody, be, be a great talent. And, uh, so there's so many more great topics we're going to be able to discuss here and we appreciate your business folks. We appreciate you supporting our sponsors. We appreciate you tuning in every week, telling fans about your friends, fans about our show. Uh, you guys are very, very valuable. You're the MVPs and we, we appreciate you and we love you for tuning in. And so thanks very much. And we'll see you next week right here on grilling Jr. with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross boomer center roll tide, roll tide. See you next week, folks. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together. It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.